Friends, I am so excited for today's episode. We have a special guest, Sarah Prater. She's a reproductive acupuncturist. She's been specializing in infertility since 2012, and she is the founder of the Tennessee Center for Reproductive Acupuncture here locally in Knoxville. She is a wealth of knowledge, and she takes such great care of her patients, and I'm just so excited for you to get to hear from her today. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview. Hey, friends. I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Welcome back, friends, to the Health Forward podcast. Today is a very exciting episode because we have a very special guest with us today, Sarah Prater. Sarah is a reproductive acupuncturist, and I met Sarah in 2016 when I actually started seeing her for my own endometriosis journey and um, for fertility. And Sarah, I think I actually met you at um, an infertility support group that I was in. That's right. Yes. You did. And you came as a yes. guest and were telling us all about acupuncture. Um, and at that time, I just remember I was like really searching for some like alternative methods to things that I had already tried. And so um, I became very interested. And then that, shortly after that, I think I scheduled an appointment with you and met you. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, you're we're welcome. So I'm happy to be here. Yes. So glad to have you. Um, so I just wanted you really to come on and share with um, my listeners just about reproductive acupuncture, specifically how it relates to endometriosis. Um, I know when I was seeing you, you were just super kind and caring and supportive. Um, and I just learned a lot just from during my sessions, things you would explain to me about how acupuncture worked and how it affected the body and um, specifically how it could help with my issues. And so I, when I was thinking about recording endometriosis episodes, you were one of the first people that popped in my mind because I thought, man, she helped me so much. I think it could be really helpful. So before we even jump into all of that, um, just tell us a little about yourself so we can get to know you more, a little bit about just who you are and how you got into acupuncture and specifically reproductive acupuncture. So I've been an acupuncturist since 2008. Um, to be an acupuncturist, you actually have to get a master's degree in um, oriental medicine, pass a series of board exams, and get state license. So it's a pretty lengthy process. Um, before that, I actually went to Indiana University, and I was a pre-med student. Okay. Um, and through that, you know, four years of schooling, I, I got more and more interested in integrative health. I was wondering why we weren't talking more about diet, nutrition, exercise, sleep, some of the really basic things that I think could really make a big difference in people's overall health. Um, and so towards the end of school, after I'd taken the MCATs, after I'd applied to med school, I decided to go to acupuncture school. Um, and it was, it was a great decision. I knew when I got there that that was my path. Um, I finished my four years, got licensed. I had a practice in Indiana um, and had always had an interest in um, infertility, in obstetrics, gynecology. That was always something that academically was very um, interesting to me. So I was working just in a general practice, and I worked with a woman who, who didn't really like treating infertility cases, and I was like, well, I, I like it. I'll treat them. You know, it was sort of a casual thing, and I realized I liked it a lot. Um, a job opportunity came available in Indianapolis for a clinic, uh, much like mine, that just does infertility acupuncture. So I applied, got the job, um, which interestingly enough was about the same time my husband and I, who had started dating, we lived about an hour apart, sort of started getting more serious so I could 
live with him half the week and live at my own house half the week. So gotcha. it's kind of a nice transition uh-huh. personally too. Um, but once I got in that clinic, I knew that that was my path. Um, infertility was the only thing I ever wanted to work with the rest of my career. Wow. Um, so it was really powerful. I just, I mean, when, when someone comes in and they say, you know, I'm finally pregnant after however long, I mean, just nothing better. Yeah. No better feeling in the world. Absolutely. For so, sure. and you know, just intellectually, there's new research coming out, there's new things coming out, there's this huge push in the industry in the field to improve pregnancy rates, improve outcomes, and so it's just really interesting field to exist in as a professional as well. Yes, and just so much, like you said, new research, and so much focus on it right now, and it is really exciting, especially in the integrative medicine space, like that's really fun. Yeah, so I uh, moved to Tennessee in 2015, um, and started the clinic in 2016, and we've been going ever since. That's so cool. Okay, so for people who are very unfamiliar with acupuncture in general, like they they don't know what it is, or I think there's a lot of misinformation or just assumptions about acupuncture, um, that it's like weird hoodoo or it's painful or whatever. Can you just like briefly tell us what acupuncture is, kind of the process, and then how it affects our health, like how it can be beneficial just in general? Sure. So most of our patients have never had acupuncture, so we have this conversation pretty much with everybody. Um, So to start off, it's not painful. Um, That's something that we get a lot of fears about, a lot of questions, especially people struggling with fertility because it's such an emotional process. Why would you want to add more discomfort to that? You're already doing a lot of ultrasounds and injections potentially, and it's just... um, feels like one more thing, Yes, but it's incredibly relaxing. And I, I realize how crazy that sounds that someone would be poked with needles and relaxed, yes, but, but it's true. Yes. It's more relaxing than a massage. Yes. Most people say, um, so that can be a really nice thing, you know, in terms of fertility, um, just to help keep you relaxed. Not that, and I will never say that you need to just relax and get pregnant. That's crazy. Um, but I will say that it can often be more of a marathon than a sprint. And so anything you can do to stay more relaxed, be more yourself is going to keep you on that path. Um, and, and you'll eventually get pregnant. So that's, you know, we kind of address the whole person. Um, in terms of how it works, there's a lot of different ways. So it increases blood flow. Um, it affects your brain function. So it can uh, affect hormone levels, you know, um, all the way from your pituitary on down. Um, it does a lot of things. So reduces pain, increases endorphins, um, you know, helps you relax okay. through nervous system regulation. So a lot of really, really great basic things. Supports your immune system, right. like that. Yeah, so, like underlying function of the body. Yeah, just kind of yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a great integrative modality, and you can do it um, when you're on any medication. So there's no side effects where like an herbal supplement or like another supplement might cause issues with clomid or, yeah. you know, a false dim or something like that. So Okay, awesome. So um, specifically moving into talking about endometriosis and you know, definitely the infertility side that comes with endometriosis, but as far as like symptom management and just like we're talking about, like this underlying inflammation in the body that is present with endometriosis, talk a little bit about how acupuncture specifically can be beneficial for that. I know there's lots of really um, great studies out there. Um, I've just recently come across a few other ones that um, were just talking about the benefits and how it is so helpful overall for the body, um, specifically for someone with a inflammatory condition. Yeah, endometriosis is something that most people don't find out they have until they can't get pregnant. Um, And for some, that may be the only symptom. So, you know, usually you think of endometriosis as painful periods, painful intercourse, uh, all kinds of different pain things. But I have a lot of patients that find out they have it through fertility. Yeah, Um, that was me, for sure. And it can be really tough. So, 
Um, acupuncture is not a cure for endometriosis. Um, there, there isn't really a cure. You can treat it with laparoscopy, and we definitely recommend our patients, you know, consult with their doctor and, and go through that process if necessary. Um, so it's not something that can control it necessarily, but we can um, definitely reduce pain from endometriosis, so that's pretty well documented in, in research. Um, and in terms of fertility, that comes into play um, because some of the medications can actually sort of flare your endometriosis up while you're trying to get pregnant, which is sort of this double-edged sword. You yeah. know, you want to get pregnant, but then you're going through this pain while you're going through that process, um, right. especially with IVF for some people. Um, and so we work with a lot of patients just to sort of manage those symptoms and keep them comfortable. So I have a patient, um, probably the most severe case of endometriosis I've ever seen, who was on narcotic pain medication during her first IVF cycle because it was so bad. And she was able to go with no pain medication for her wow. second cycle. And she got pregnant with her son. So wow. um, it was great. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, something that we take pretty seriously. Again, trying to make that cycle as easy as possible. Sure. Um, in terms of inflammation, that's another huge factor that they don't totally understand yet how it affects things, but right. it definitely is a huge a huge part of it. Um, acupuncture does increase blood flow, um, and it does support, you know, anti-inflammatory effects in the body. So it can be a great way to sort of just support your body's natural ability to sort of handle that inflammation. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we recommend it definitely for people struggling with endometriosis while they're going through whatever fertility journey yes. they're going through. Right. So yes. absolutely. And just the, um, I know for me personally, and then for, I've read a lot of, for people that talk about like with endometriosis, just kind of that, um, stagnation that's going on. And then, um, just the body's like, it's struggling, you know, in all these areas, like specifically like in detox pathways and all those things, you know, trying to, to work through all of that. And so I know, um, just acupuncture in general, just can help with so much of that, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a great thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. So um, can you kind of walk us through someone with endometriosis that's trying to um, get pregnant and they're coming to see you? Can you just kind of walk us through, I know it's not the same for everybody, mm -hmm. but what a general kind of protocol treatment plan would look like if they were going to come in and see you or see another reproductive acupuncturist for treatment? Yeah, so it really is patient-specific, like you said. So somebody with very severe symptoms might need to come in more frequently. Somebody less severe might come in more or less frequently. Okay. Um, so something about acupuncture that I didn't mention that's pretty important is that um, every medicine has a dosage, right? So you take, you know, however many milligrams of Clomid or ibuprofen, right. and if you don't take the right amount, it doesn't really have the right effect. So with acupuncture, our dosage is actually in the frequency of treatment. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's sort of like exercise. If you go to the gym once a month, you're not really going to make any gains in your strength or flexibility. But if you go three times a week, you're going to make some serious progress. So sure. that's kind of similar to acupuncture work. Okay. So, um, you know, in terms of fertility and looking at treatment protocols, we usually just really focus on the patient, um, and see where they're at, what needs they have. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with their treatment cycle. So somebody, for example, going through an IUI cycle, um, might come about three times throughout the cycle at various points in the cycle. Um, somebody going through IVF may come a lot more frequently during specific times of the cycle, less frequently during other times. Um, so it, it, you know, it is really patient specific, but again, that frequency is important. So I hear a lot of people say, well, I tried it once and my, you know, it was, you know, I didn't notice anything. And sure. it's like, well, you know, if you go to the gym once, you're not going right. to get a six pack. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Um, can you describe just a little bit about for people that might be wondering um, kind of how it works when they come in? So when a new patient comes into your office, can you just walk us through a little bit of like 
more generically kind of like how that looks like sure. do they sit down and talk to you first do you do a medical history do you you know what is it do they lie down during the session do mm-hmm. they sit up you know just kind of give them a little bit so they can kind of picture it a little bit sure yeah so um like I said most people have never had acupuncture mm-hmm. so we we kind of walk through this pretty slowly with a lot of people so we usually start um with about 30 minutes of just talking so okay. medical history fertility history symptom history Um, We ask a lot of questions that your doctor might not ask. So we want to know about your menstrual cycle. What color is the flow? Do you have clots? Is it painful? Do you get any other symptoms? Diarrhea, constipation? Is it before you start your period? After? During? um, What about ovulation? How long is your luteal phase? All these different questions can really give us a better idea of of what points to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we do the same thing with your history, too, like in terms of headaches, breathing issues, anything like that. Okay. and once you do that, we usually will let you lay on the table. So you're, you're laying on like a massage table, basically. Um, our tables are heated, so we try to keep you as warm as possible. Sometimes you have to undress depending on what you're wearing and what points we need to get to. But usually the points are in the back, the abdomen, the legs, and the arms. Okay. Um, we don't do all of those at the same time necessarily, <laughs> but different times in the cycles we may use different points um, depending on kind of what's going on. So um Usually you're, you're covered the whole time um, with, a, with a sheet. Um, we'll put the needles in uh, and then let them rest for about 20 to 25 minutes. You just get to sort of lay there quietly. Um, we check on you a few times to make sure you're comfortable and then take them out. And that's basically it. Um, most people relax or sometimes even fall asleep. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a wonderful, it's one of my favorite things about an acupuncturist to watch that first treatment and people go, wow, this is actually yes. really great because there's a lot of anxiety Um, I think the media does a lot to sensationalize acupuncture so um, I actually had a new patient yesterday who said oh you're not going to put any in my face and I said no (laughs) you know occasionally we'll add a point for sinuses or something if you have that going on but um, I think there was a friends episode where somebody went in for um, I'm not a big friends fan so I don't know all the characters but there was somebody who went in for fertility acupuncture and she was I don't know, walking around with like 20 or 30 needles in her face. And so a lot of people, I didn't really realize that was a thing for years. And people would ask me, well, why not in my face? And it took me a long time to find that episode. Yeah, if you see it in any movie, it's definitely portrayed as more of an intense thing um, than I think in like Kill Bill, there was like acupressure that stopped somebody's heart, you know, and that's not real. Like that doesn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right. And that's a good point. Like we kind of base our knowledge of how things are going to be in general, not just acupuncture, um, specifically with fertility, I think (laughs) just in general, you know, like the craziness of watching like a pregnancy or labor on TV and how different that is from reality. Right. Similar, similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's really funny. I know personally, we were talking about this before we started recording about when I was seeing you, like I would take a nap through Mm -hmm. most of my uh, treatments because it it really was that relaxing and I've never fell asleep during a massage. So the difference there, um, yeah, it was just super relaxing and a a very nice um, break from the day. So let's talk about a little bit, and you've already spoken to this a little bit, but when someone is, when you have a fertility patient, um, specifically a patient with endometriosis, talk a little bit about is acupuncture something that they do just kind of on its own or is that something they do in conjunction with other treatment or does it just vary for the patient or kind of talk about that a little bit about your experience and what you kind of see most often? Well, it it does vary. Like you said, Um, we have most of our patients we do encourage to go see a fertility specialist or their OBGYN to get a workup because somebody coming in that, you know, hasn't been able to get pregnant on their own, 
Um, I think that information is really no, is helpful. So, sure. you know, if you have blocked tubes, acupuncture isn't going to help that. Okay. Um, so I would really hate to be in a situation where you're treating somebody for a lengthy period of time, and at the end of that time, they find out that they needed some other form of treatment. Right. And so we really try to work with um, their medical team to find, okay. a, find, out, find out what's going on, and then from there, make an educated decision. So okay. if the doctor says, well, we think you may have moderate endometriosis, we're not recommending a laparoscopy, let's just have you try on your own for a while, you know, great, let's use acupuncture, we'll reduce the inflammation, get the pain down and support your cycle. Um, You know, somebody who is, has done a laparoscopy, usually there's that sort of sweet spot of, you know, six months to a year after the um, the surgery where, you know, your endometriosis hasn't returned and your fertility is the highest. And some doctors will recommend medications, some will recommend trying on your own. And so, you know, we really work aggressively in that time period to, you know, maximize your chances of pregnancy each cycle. Um, and then again, keep symptoms down. Right. So it, it really depends on, on the patient. Um, I actually had a patient do a laparoscopy yesterday. I haven't heard how it went. Um, but she came in and had kind of gotten the runaround from some of her doctors. I think endometriosis is something that a lot of doctors sort of say, oh, that's normal. You should have pain. It's not a big deal. And women kind of minimize it. Um, not, not on purpose, but because right. that's sort they of just what think we're, it's normal. yeah, they think it's normal. And so she had, I mean, every symptom in the book, um, pain with intercourse and her poor husband was there when we were talking about it. So it was a you know, yeah. little bit comical it's conversation, hard, yeah. um, sure. you know, digestive issues around her period, um, pain, severe pain, um, missing work from it, you know, all these things. And I said, you know, you right, might really want to talk to your doctor about this. And Somebody finally went, oh, yeah, you, you do have all the symptoms. And so sometimes it's it's that kind of conversation because right. we do take more time with our patients. Mm-hmm. I'm not a medical doctor, so I, I can't diagnose. But sure. some things are red flags, and we, we right. try to take that seriously right. with our experience yeah. and then refer people right. out. Sometimes so. it just takes an, an outside view yes. that can be a little more objective and have a little more time to say, mm, these are, you know, like yeah. you said, these are red flags. Maybe you need to go get some labs. Maybe you need to go get yeah. that checked out. So, yeah. I think, like, uh, some patients will, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, I have some cramping, but it's no big deal. And I'm like, well, let's let's delve into that a little more. Right. Are you taking ibuprofen every cycle? How much? Right. Do you miss work? Right. Yeah. You know, what do, do you, you get nauseous? No yeah. What is no big deal? Um, because yeah. that's so different. Women are tough, you yes. know, and um, that's a great thing. And in this case, not so great yes. thing. So yes. Talk a little bit about... and. This is not going, this is not in in a negative way at all, but when someone is working with their physician um, and they have endometriosis and their physician has, you know, either said, either done a laparoscopy or um, they're recommending that and that's the course that they need to follow. But then um, maybe if the patient has, they want to do some alternative things like acupuncture and the doctor doesn't really see the value in that. Mm-hmm. Can you talk just a little bit about maybe some encouragement for them of why why sometimes there is that gap of, of understanding there and why it can be so beneficial to have multiple people on your team um, right. and your on your healthcare team and not just just phys- your physician alone? Yeah, I think I think it's important to take a holistic approach to really anything in the body, you know. Um, so you know, in the case of somebody who has endometriosis and maybe has or hasn't done a laparoscopy, you know, ultimately it comes down to patient choice and, um, you know, making sure that they're well informed of their decisions and the sure. risk of those decisions. So, um, you know, uh, certainly we can treat endometriosis um, or, you know, use acupuncture to treat the pain and the symptoms of endometriosis. But, you know, we'll usually have a conversation with our patients after, you know, we'll say, hey, let's let's try this for three or four months and then let's revisit 
possibly going back and looking at something. So we try to sort of time limit it and look at a bigger picture plan of, you know, because as we age, our ovarian reserve declines. Sure. So there's multiple factors in play there. Um, so, you know, but again, I think that's one reason I like to refer my patients to the doctor so that they can get all of the information and then make the choice that's best for them. Right. Maybe they don't want to do surgery. And if they don't get pregnant on their own, that's their that's the choice that they choose. And that's what they feel comfortable with. That's great. You know, yeah. um, let's do acupuncture for however long you feel like you want to do it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's really patient centered. Um, okay. and that's really my focus, you know, let's get all the information on the table and then you and your family and your husband and your advisors decide what's right for your path. And then yes. however we can fit in that, we'll do that. So. Great. Yes. And I, I found that to be so true as well. Just having as much information as you have so yes. that you feel like you're making an informed kind of educated decision. Cause I, you know, there's such an emotional component For to sure. fertility issues yeah. to endometriosis. I think that idea that you don't really know what's happening in your body. Um, you feel like you don't have any control over what's yes. happening in your body. And so I think having just another view and another support person and, and like you're saying, um, someone from, you know, the more conventional medical side telling you these things. And then when you also have other healthcare providers on your team to kind of slow down just, just based on the model, mm-hmm. um, in the time that they have, they can kind of slow down and explain things a little differently or just give you just a, a wider view of maybe what's going on in your body. Um, I personally have just found that very helpful. And so yeah. I think that can just help be encouraging to people, especially when they feel that, um, just that frustration and that sense of like, body isn't cooperating or their body's betraying them. You know, I think that's a very um, yeah. common feeling with, sure. with something, any chronic illness, but specifically when it has to do with like your fertility and your future and wanting to have children that, you know, it's just so emotional and can be so, um, just difficult to deal with. And so, um, I, I always encourage just multiple people, multiple perspectives, you know, really get all the information before you walk forward in a decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can help, like you said, with that sense of control, you know, because mm-hmm. you do feel like you're losing control. And most of most of our patients are, you know, women who have, you know, waited till they found the right husband mm-hmm. and waited till their careers are in a good place. And so then they're sort of in this position where this is, a, you know, maybe the first time in their lives when they couldn't just have, you know, they couldn't just try and get something. Just make it happen. Yeah, make it happen. And so that can be like a, a big shift emotionally and mentally, and everybody handles that differently. And sure. so... Um, you know, we have some people that, you know, I, like I said, encouraged everybody to get all the information, like you said, and then you can make a real decision. Um, we have some people that have like an irrational fear of fertility specialists. Um, I know, I don't know, you know, I I do understand where that comes from. You don't want to be told that something's wrong with your body. Um, you don't want to find out something bad, but if you don't find out what's going on, you can't treat it, you know? So I think sometimes, um, and specifically with endometriosis, I hear this all the time when someone gets a laparoscopy it's empowering. It's, um, they, they're like, wow, I'm, I actually know what's going on with my body right Right. now. There was, you know, endometriosis adhesions on my fallopian tubes. No wonder I couldn't get pregnant. Let's move forward from here. You know, it it helps things make sense. I think, especially when you come into it from an unexplained infertility, um, which so many people with infertility, you know, that's, that's what they're diagnosed with is unexplained infertility. And so, um, finding out that it's something like endometriosis, wow, brings on a whole new set of feelings and, and frustrations and things to learn and things to do. Um, like you said, it is kind of a relief because you're like, okay, at least I know what's going on. At least I know that I can focus my attention on this thing. Um, and, you know, thankfully there are so many 
great options like acupuncture that can kind of help with that or if, if nothing else help relieve some of the stress and the anxiety and stuff sure, like that absolutely so are there any tips or resources that you suggest for women uh, maybe women listening that have endometriosis or they know people that have endometriosis maybe family or friends um for them to kind of follow at home so like if, if it was your patient and you're just kind of advising them for um just kind of general things they could do to kind of help what do you have any tips or resources or things they could do or read or things like that? Yeah, we recommend um, an anti-inflammatory diet. So, you know, really limiting um, processed sugars, um, simple carbohydrates. Um, for some people, dairy can be something that is, you know, we recommend taking out of their diet. Okay. Um, you know, moderate alcohol use um, as well. Although I think with fertility, because it can be more of a marathon than a sprint, I think there's always a little bit of moderation needs to be thrown in. So, you know, have some cake, drink a glass of wine, it's going to be okay. But most of the time, eat fruits and veggies and and make the right decisions. Those things are the exception. You're not obsessing. You're not restricting. But that's not your norm. Exactly. So um, I think getting a good amount of exercise can increase blood flow, decrease inflammation, increase endorphins, which can, you know, help support pain relief as well. Um, depending obviously what point of the cycle you're in some, you know, sometimes you don't want to exercise depending on what you're doing. Um, and you know, getting enough sleep and just staying hydrated, I think are the really basic things, um, managing stress as well. Cause stress, I know for a lot of people can sort of cycle them into an increased pain response, right? Pain response, Um, hormonal imbalance, the whole thing. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And that is one of the wonderful things about acupuncture because it's not only addressing some of the hormonal and like very physical things. It's also helping address that stress exactly. side, emotional side. And yeah. so, um, it's just good all around. Okay. So Sarah, tell us where people can find you, find more about you, more about your practice. If they're here locally, um, if they want to make an appointment with you and then if they aren't local, do you have any like resources online maybe that you refer people to just to learn more about acupuncture, learn more about a hormonal health and endometriosis or infertility? So we're here in Knoxville. Um, we are off Ebenezer Road. Um, we have a website, so TennesseeReproductiveAcupuncture.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, really try to just be available to our patients. Um, in terms of, you know, non-local people looking for an acupuncturist, um, I think it's important to try to find somebody who's a fertility specialist if you can, um, because they're really going to understand the ins and outs of the treatment protocols and, and that kind of thing. Um, I would look for somebody who is NCCAOM certified acupuncturist. That means they've been to a full master's degree program, they've passed board exams, um, and they have the full education of a licensed acupuncturist. So that's important as well to make sure you're getting acupuncture from somebody who's really well-trained. Um, we also, you know, I'm happy to, you know, if people want to send an email, I'm happy to sort of reach out to my networks and see who I know in different areas. So we try to stay as connected as we can via Facebook, us acupuncturists to sort of help each other out and support each other. So Awesome. Okay. That is so helpful. And that will, um, that will just help people know exactly kind of that helps to yeah. like what to know to look for an acupuncturist. I think that can be a little overwhelming too. Cause you're like, I don't, this is a lot of letters. I don't know what this means. And so but great. Yeah, most states, if someone is a licensed acupuncturist or an LAC, that's what you want to go for, okay. but it's a state level thing, but gotcha. most states are that way. Okay. So, okay. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for being here with us today. I know you took time away from your family and time away from your patients 
to um, come here and talk to us and share this information with us. So we just really appreciate you doing that. And guys, go follow Sarah on Facebook or on Instagram. And if you need an appointment with her, um, be sure to reach out and get that scheduled as well. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you back here next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.